Welcome, everyone. This is a podcast miniseries on chronic pain and illness. Over the course of six episodes, you'll hear the real stories of folks living with chronic pain and chronic illnesses. We have over 20 hours of audio for this series lined up for you. And our goal is to bring you conversation that spans the personal, the political, the medical, and the emotional sides of pain and illness. But before we start, we wanted to give you a little background on why we decided to put this series together. And a little taste of what to expect. Welcome to Chronicity. I'm Philip Primo, one half of your guide through this series. And I'm Matt Sanderson, who's just along for the ride. <laughs> Matt, let's start at the start. As they say, uh, why we're doing this seems as good as place as any to start this intro episode. So uh, tell us how it all began. Always love the logic, buddy. I came by this topic kind of honestly, actually. Uh, as you know, Phil, I uh, was an MA and PhD student at Carleton, and I researched concussions. I interviewed individuals with multiple concussions and medical professionals who treat concussed individuals, whether they're athletes or otherwise. And I have had at least uh, 28 concussions, uh, as my last count uh, would yep. suggest. Uh, so I, as you can imagine, suffer from a number of physical, cognitive, sensorial, vestibular uh, dysfunctions and symptoms. Uh, they're daily, they're persistent. I have chronic neurocognitive disorder and hopefully not a disease yet, so... Uh, when they say, you know, study what you know, well, that's me. Yeah. And uh, so back in December, we, December 2017, we reached out and uh, you actually started talking about this with some other people. But, uh, you know, the early intention was to do maybe one or two episodes on it, like uh, kind of two or three hours, but it kind of ballooned out, right? Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know... I have a I have a hunch as to why that ballooned out, but I want to hear yours first. Well, as I say, you know, study what you know. But for me, uh, the Chronicity series really kicked off back in November when I was listening to episode number 30 of There Might Be Cupcakes by Carla Hoofstedler. Uh, it's called uh, A Zebra With No Spoons. It took me a couple of listens before I figured out that metaphor. Uh, but it's just a one-off episode that she did all about her illnesses and the challenges she's facing. Phil, man, it was so raw and honest, yeah. super clear. And, you know, what struck me the most was how eerily similar her descriptions were to how I described my own kind of embodied reality. It was really emotionally jarring for me mm. to hear her uh, share so openly. Yeah, yeah. And the other standout is that she, uh, you know, she works really hard just to get some semblance of kind of normalish functionality. Uh, she has, faces a lot of challenges, Carla does. Um, and something that I think is often overlooked is the worth that work ethic of the chronically ill. And on the flip side, one of the stereotypes of those with invisible or less visible conditions, uh, mental health in particular, I think of, is that people are either exaggerating their limitations or, you know, just outright fabricating their struggles. And now that's the mm. stereotype. Right. So, Phil, I want this series to dispel these myths. I want it to show how strong and brave these people are. Quite simply, Phil, I want to provide a platform for people who are often backgrounded and silenced in our society. Okay. Um, okay, so wow, sorry. <laughs> so, Philly, um, why did you want to start this series? What were your original attentions behind starting this series? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> sorry, man. 
Yeah. So my observation, and I don't think it's a new one, Matt, yep. um, but it's that many indie podcasters have some form of chronic pain or illness. And there seems to be a disproportionate amount of indie podcasters than the occurrence of chronic pain and illness at large in society. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So why is it then that folks in pain and in illness podcast? This was my academic question that I've been having for a while. And really, I wanted to have a deeper understanding of this. So as a sociologist, I have some hunches as to why this is happening. Um, It's not entirely different than the reasons why some people take knitting classes or join CrossFit gyms, for example. Communities are important, but the indie podcast community is very different in several ways. So I think this series, Chronicity, will explore those differences. And one thing that I think listeners will get out of it by the end is just how powerful podcasting is for folks living in chronic pain and illness on a daily basis. Yeah, I think that was um, kind of the original jumping off point. It's like, why are there so many independent podcasters who podcast in pain, right? Um, So for me personally, as somebody with a chronic illness, I've always kind of avoided online support groups, especially those devoted to concussion or brain injury, like something specific to what I have. Um, Even Carla's episode, I've only listened to it like max three times. And one of those was recently when I prepped for her interview. Um, I'm actually not well suited for interviewing people like myself. Uh, We call this reflexivity in anthropology, kind of using your own experiences as a research tool. I tend to, I don't know, like internalize the emotions of others, Mm, um, which is not always a good thing when it comes to like academic research or even something like conducting the interviews for this uh, podcast series, Chronicity. Uh, But like you, Phil, I also found the indie podcast community to be super supportive, especially to fellow podcasters who do so in pain or with illness. This is how the series grew out of the one or two episode special into something bigger, and I hope more impactful for others to hear. Because based on our colleagues' posts in these uh, groups, you know, the independent podcasters, and the frankly staggering response we got for this mini-series, and for this series alone, Phil, I interviewed over 20 people. It could have easily doubled that number. Yeah. Uh, so apparently there are others like us out there, Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's why we started it. But maybe we should start getting into some of the details of what people actually talked about. So let's start with the dysfunction and pain and the challenges it presents for independent podcasters. You know, one of the things that we heard time and time again from people who podcast or even podcast listeners was this idea of having a a hangover. So this cost benefit of recording, the strain that comes along with it. And really this could be applied to everyday life for for anybody living in pain and illness. But it's this idea that, um, you know, we can't borrow from tomorrow's energy source, right? If you are living in pain and living in illness, the energy that you have today uh, has its finite ending. Um, this was, you know, somewhat surprising to me to to experience other people's kind of lives uh, being measured out in terms of how much energy they have, but monitored very closely, right? And I think, Matt, you know, we've known each other for a long time. We're kind yep. of friends going back uh, almost a decade now. We've been <laughs> podcasting for almost, uh, actually, it's going to be a year, podcasting for a year. Um Happy anniversary, Philip. Happy anniversary, Matt. Um, (laughs) You know, you've, I think you've experienced some things like this as well, right? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, even for this intro episode, we tried to record it yesterday and I just, I couldn't communicate. Like I simply couldn't get words out and it was because my head was sore, but it was manifesting in my inability to communicate. So through these interviews, people described all sorts of different 
um, I guess, forms that their hangovers take, and also all their instigators, the things that will set off their symptoms. So uh, they're very varied, and uh, but that is a commonality across the, uh, the spectrum of chronic illness sufferers. And you're right, when it comes to podcasting, Phil, it's especially demanding, I think, in some ways. It is satisfying, but in a demanding way, it's cognitively taxing for me, uh, physically straining, and it's also it's kind of emotionally draining, uh, usually in some combination. However, as I said, podcasting tends to be very emotionally positive and rewarding. It's really satisfying to publish something that you're proud of, Phil. And I actually find it fun to present presented with a challenge of improving our skills, you know. So podcasting is also, as you said, very social, whether it's through the online communities that we engage with or when we get the opportunity to have interesting people on our show. For me, I really love the collaborative aspects of podcasting, and it's what I've found to be the most uh, helpful with the sort of darker sides of chronic illness. Uh, it's hard, but it's worth it. Kind of like grad school, right, Phil? Yeah, I mean, hard but worth it is probably the tagline for grad school if anybody has <laughs> gone through it. Yeah, hashtag hard, comma, worth it. Uh, you know, I remember our time together, uh, those kind of lonely moments that we would have in the library and we would just kind of, you know, get through it. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the kind of way in which we approach that social isolation that comes from devoted study and podcasting isn't that much different. It's a kind of a solitary sort of exercise, uh, in the minutia of it. But yet there is a bigger community out there. And research shows that skills development, outlets, and sociality are key in managing chronic pain and illness. Totally, uh, yeah. And boredom can just breed frustration, social isolation, further challenges, uh, etc. So, you know, reaching out, forming, forging those community ties is a key theme throughout this series. And we're going to investigate and show the stories about how people are able to do that. So, you know, maybe... Some of the reasons people with pain or illness podcast is uh, to find a new community, to find a new avenue to connect with people, like-minded people in some way. Yeah, totally, man. And you said it there, frustration. That's going to be like the buzzword for the entire series. I heard frustration and boredom come up more often through these uh, conversations than any other words. So. Um, that's kind of the anthro you sort of side. What about the sociology of pain and illness? I TA'd the course three times, but uh, I'll let you take this one, Phil. Yeah, again, being a sociologist, I'm interested in the sociology of pain, sociology of illness. It goes by a variety of different um, titles. Sociology of wellness uh, has emerged as a new kind of title for this area of study. But, oh, okay. you know, fundamentally, it's basically um, a study of the subjective experience of illness, health, or wellness. And what I mean by that is that every person's uh, experience of illness, health, or wellness, or pain is unique. And there's really no kind of way that we can blanket statement any of that. So for me, as a sociologist, I link that to knowledge production and the idea that the ways in which we un come to understand pain, illness, wellness, suffering, loneliness, all these things, um, is based on social interaction. It is a socially created and mediated set of knowledges. And what I mean by that is the only way that you can express your unique experience of those things is through communication. So we have to have some sort of system to be able to communicate, some sort of community where someone can do it. 
So there's a lot of things there <laughs> from a yeah, sociological no perspective that we can look at, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a fascinating kind of area, and it's profoundly human. Um, it has to do with living life and encountering barriers. So in this series, um, you know, we're going to explore some of those things, and we're definitely going to dig deep into how people uh, navigate those kind of more trickier terrains of pain and illness. And I think it's this, um, you know, kind of sense of commonality is the reason why we had difficulty in finding who we wanted to talk to for this series. So it was, yeah, yeah. there was a struggle in kind of correctly naming uh, who our sort of target population, if we have to use the academic phrases. Um, so we started with um, those with chronic pain. And then people with mental health uh, struggles were like, well, what about me? And so we had to readjust. So, um, and it's this like, I think it's the chronic nature that is the the through line through the series. Like these conditions, illnesses, disorders, disabilities, they're persistent. And it's this partial sense of shared experience that is a hallmark of the chronically ill. Um, this manifests in the struggle of definition. So what do I call myself and my condition? And the social naming, like who calls you what and why and how does that make you feel? You yeah, know. Yeah. So when it comes to the experience of chronicity, a shared social experiences, encountering a plethora of medical and therapeutic professionals. Yep. Because this was a component of my past research, I wanted to talk to the folks and ask them to kind of share their stories of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to healing encounters. Uh, hopefully we don't get sued for that, Matt. Um, uh, send all legal inquiries to Philip Primo, care of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of being sued, uh, how about we just do this now? Is now sure. a good time? Sure. Okay. Uh, we are not medical professionals. And if you are in need of medical assistance or have the desire to seek medical advice, do not rely on us. Uh, <laughs> I hope we've made it clear that we are sociologists and anthropologists working in the social sciences, not the medical field. Uh, we cannot diagnose you. We cannot <laughs> help your pain or illness aside from giving you this podcast to help you through the tough times. But uh, that's about it. <laughs> we can offer you commiseration only, uh, but no official medical advice. And also when it comes to mental health struggles, um, I'll make sure that Phil includes um, some links to crisis lines and some resources in that regard. Because uh, what many people don't really realize is that when it comes to, say, you have a chronic illness like concussions, um, you can often have mental health complications that come along with it. So we will um, include some resources there and encourage you to seek professional help if you feel you need it. Um, okay. So related to that, Matt, we've thrown a bunch of terms out there. Um, I think it's important also to differentiate between them. So chronic yeah, pain totally. and chronic illness uh, in this series are kind of used uh, interchangeably, but they shouldn't be necessarily seen as interchangeable. So someone who's experiencing chronic pain does not mean that they have a chronic illness and vice versa. Someone who is chronically ill or has a chronic illness doesn't necessarily experience chronic pain. Other words that might come up, disability, disorder, disease, they all carry their own very unique definitions. And I don't want anybody to conflate dis disability, disorder, disease, chronic illness, chronic pain. So throughout the course of the series, we're going to try to unpack what those unique definitions are. Along the way, we're going to encounter some stories about mental health challenges, and that is an entirely different realm as well. 
Originally, the series was intended to focus on chronic pain and podcasting, but it ballooned out. Yeah, totally. Things are so interconnected that it's hard to distinguish chronic pain from someone with ADHD, ADD, Asperger's, anxiety, maybe some depression. So those lived experiences um, of mental health problems or issues or challenges and pain and illness, those stories are going to come through on the series. Yeah, I hope so, man. They really came through in the conversations I had with these folks. And um, I'll say it again, probably at the end, but uh, very brave and um, very forthcoming in all the conversations. I was actually kind of surprised at how open they were. So just a quick thank you to everybody I talked to. Um, And yeah, I agree, Phil. It is the sort of the intersection of all of these um, terms and themes and how it impacts your life. It's, It's very complicated. So Hopefully this uh, series will kind of unpack it a little bit. We also, Matt, exclusively spoke with sufferers of chronic pain and illness. We did not speak with medical practitioners, and we did so for a very conscious reason. Uh, It wasn't that we just didn't reach out to them. Yeah, totally. (laughs) We wanted firsthand experiences uh, and stories from those living with pain and illness uh, on a daily basis. That said... At no time in this series do we wish to point fingers at those who have been misdiagnosed, undiagnosed, or not diagnosed at all. So, you know, the medical community is an important aspect of chronic pain and chronic illness. And, you know, the politics of naming chronic pain and chronic illness, as important as they are, do carry some troubled aspects to it. But we don't want to criticize anybody. Uh, What we want to do is shed light on the stories and bring the stories to listeners and let them decide Uh, for themselves. Yeah, totally. And part of that comes with how we present it. So that's us saying to you, we're going to present it in such a way that it's not just like we cherry picked all the negative things people said about the medical community and just played that. It's going to be balanced because honestly, um, their experiences are balanced. Um, And if you have a chronic condition of any sort, however you want to name it, um, you are going to have a number of different encounters with medical professionals and therapeutic professionals, and it's going to be a mixed bag of encounters. So people with chronic conditions attempt numerous interventions and therapies. They make lifestyle modifications and also requests for accommodation, yet none of these things people do actually cure their condition. With chronic illnesses, it's all about management and making adjustments. And now, Phil, being the phenomenological sassy pants that I am, I was interested in discussing the dimensions of intentionality. And folks, I can hear Phil's eyes rolling right now, even though I can't see him. So intentionality quite simply means goals and aspirations that we set, being driven and having a plan. I wanted to know why and how are you able to keep moving forward? Why are outlets and making plans important to you? Does it impact your health one way or the other? And what are some of the emotions that surround having to say no to things? Matt, you're touching on the story arc of the series and... The ability to say no is part of one's ability to build capacity and to resist uh, some of the more detrimental vulnerabilities that are present in their lives. And, you know, I hate to use this word sometimes, but the people who we spoke to were very resilient. They're able to bounce back in the face of adversity. And one of the important things uh, that they do Uh, you know, if we want to say one blanket statement is uh, that they validate each other's experience. So the experience of pain and illness is true to them and it's true to them and it has 
a very important part in their lives. It's true to them, but the experiences across the interviews were very, like, they shared a lot of affinity. You know, they, they're very kind of similar in some of these regards. So um, when it comes to having an ability to bounce back and being strong and, and having a drive, that is one of the hallmarks of every single one of the interviews, despite how much pain an individual might be in. Yeah. So, Phil, because we are social scientists, surprise, surprise, lots of my questions centered around social relationships. Uh, we talked a little bit about therapeutic and medical relationships already in this intro episode, but I also have to mention the much overlooked but crucial caregiver relationship. Mm, yeah. This is different than going to a doctor or talking to a shrink. I'm speaking about the loving and supportive relationships of care that individuals in chronicity are compelled to develop and maintain. I say compelled here because of how important they are. If they are not maintained and strengthened, if they start to crumble or fall away, if social isolation and relational isolation become fixtures of everyday life, this is when serious mental health challenges begin to arise. Mm. All right, Phil, enough with the social science for a moment. What is this thing going to sound like? How many episodes will there be? When will they be released? All that kind of good stuff, man. Yeah, so we're really excited to be able to present six jam-packed episodes for you in this podcast miniseries. Every second week, we're going to be releasing a new set of interviews along a theme. And our goal is to put those 20 hours of audio recording that we have in conversation with one another. So you're not going to hear a full-length interview uh, for the podcast miniseries. What, what you will hear is people's experiences around a certain theme for that week. Cool. We will be releasing this on our regular feed, Semi-Intellectual Musings. So check it out there. Um, and we'll be giving updates on our social media platforms, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, this is going to evolve. Uh, we don't know how this is going to turn <laughs> really. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to start and, uh, we know where we're going to start, but we don't know where we're going to end with this. So yeah. And I'm sometimes really those are the it. best. Yeah. So, and sometimes those are the best, uh, the best kind of journeys, right? Where you just sort of put the first foot forward, right? Yeah. One <laughs> thing that I do know, uh, Matt for certain is that we will be backgrounding our voices and really allowing others this platform of podcasting as an outlet. So, you know, giving voice, who speaks, how they speak is inherently political, which is a theme of this uh, miniseries. Um, and those living in chronic illness and chronic pain are often sidelined. Uh, they're obscured from the public view, so to speak, trapped indoors, right? So we don't want to do that. We want to put them front and center. So our, our voices, you know, we have this intro episode, but our voices will fade into the background uh, over the course of the next six episodes. Cool. Yeah, that's important to us both, actually, we yeah. should say. Yeah. Um, it's politically important. <laughs> uh, okay. So as per tradition, Matt, any final thoughts? Um, thank you. Like, thank you to all the podcasters and non-podcasters who spoke to me for this series. I now recognize how much pain, discomfort, and dysfunction many of you experience in your everyday lives, and I cannot begin to express my appreciation to all of you who spoke to me. For some of you, I know just having that conversation was emotionally challenging. For others, it just flat out hurt, physically or cognitively, to talk for an hour straight. I personally am still recovering from all the interviews, I'll just be honest, Phil. But then again, when you're passionate about something, you're devoted Somehow it just kind of, I don't know, man, it like kind of hurts a little less, you know. Mm. And lastly, I feel like for many of you, talking to me was a cathartic experience. Honestly, we laughed a lot. 
um, including a little bit of laughing at ourselves, a little self-deprecation, which is a hallmark of chronic illness. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to thank you all for making me feel good through this, uh, at times, emotionally challenging process. Oh, thanks for that, Matt. So bring us home, Philly. All right. Over the course of this podcast miniseries, we will be thanking everyone who participated in making this happen. Today, we're going to thank David Wagner, host of the Addictions Podcast, for his musical mastery. He is the talent behind the scenes that has brought to you our intro track that you heard. His beats and his tunes will also be heard throughout the series. So thank you, David. I invite everyone to subscribe and download, rate and review. Just throw a bunch of love at David's show, The Addictions Podcast. It's available everywhere. And we'd like to hear from you. Comments, questions, considerations, criticisms, or crazed praise are always welcome. We're on Twitter at the underscore SIM underscore POD, on Facebook at the SimPod. You can email us, semi-intellectual at gmail.com, and subscribe everywhere where you catch your podcasts. This is going to be released as Honicity, so check it out. You can also check out our regular podcast at thesim.podbean.com. We are semi-intellectual musings. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Next time on chronicity i'm not terrorized i don't catastrophize my pain but um it is feels like there is this evil parrot on my right shoulder and he's got his razor blade claws digging into my shoulder and then this pointy electrifying beak um but as the day went on it got worse and worse and worse um to the point where I couldn't actually even see out of my right eye. I could still see light, but I couldn't see anything. Um, and there was like one little sliver. There was one little sliver that I could see right at the bottom of that of the vision field of my right eye. They feel like an ice pick right in the right temple. I mean, that's the biggest part of it is is right there. Um, I do get the aura. I get that kind of indescribable feeling that tells you it's coming. Um, and and I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to pin down the words to describe an aura. It's just a, a sensation or or um, it's just that knowing that it's coming. So I wake up every day with a headache. Sometimes it goes away. Sometimes it gets worse. But when it starts to get worse is when I realize it's probably something like barometric pressure.